everyone. Welcome to our first student podcast. Um, I am Alex. I'm a third year. Should I say that? I guess, I guess you're a third year now, aren't you? Because we're recording this after you finished your second year. Wow. There we go. Classical literature and civilization student at the University of Birmingham. And I am joined by Antonia. Hello. Yes, I'm Antonia. I am not a student, although I sometimes wish I still was. Um, and uh, I am the School of History and Cultures Student Experience Officer. So though this is a Kaha, um, so a Classics Ancient History and Archaeology podcast, um, I actually am the Student Experience Officer for um, all of the departments in the School of History and Cultures, which includes Kaha. Um, it includes history, as the name suggests, um, and it includes um, DASA, which is the Department of uh, African Studies and Anthropology, um, and it also includes uh, what we affectionately call ITCH, which is actually uh, Ironbridge International Institute for Cultural Heritage, but that is postgraduate uh, studies only. So, um, and this podcast, though, for everybody, perhaps has a slightly more undergraduate leaning um, just because of the people that we've been speaking to in some of our other episodes or will be speaking to so yeah yeah that's who I am I actually did study at the University of Birmingham though I, w- I did an English and drama degree so um, hopefully I'm not so far out of touch and out of date that I won't uh, relate to <laughs> what other people are saying in these podcasts yeah well yeah so with this is our first episode of our student podcast series and we're going to be chatting to a number of different undergraduate and postgraduate students yeah about student experience all things kaha yeah i mean we've got some people who are talking about research that they've done for their degree and like topics they're interested in um extracurricular stuff haven't we like people have gone on and done um different experiences so hopefully it'll give you a nice little overview into some of the elements of our our Kaha community yeah I think I think it will as well I'm saying this because although we're saying we will record them we have actually managed to record some of them already so we keep talking in in crossing uh tenses whether it's past future or (laughs) present (laughs) but um Today, uh, we actually get to focus on uh, Alex, who is the founder um, and ideas person around this amazing podcast. So, um, Alex, do you want to just sort of give us a, an overview of, of why we, well, you came to me and said, can we do this? Um, and we ended up coming up with the podcast. I think it was kind of born out of... Um, a bit out of lockdown boredom Mm -hmm. and a boredom that I think a lot of students could probably relate to Um, and a bit out of sort of the sense that we were falling out of touch with our department because of distance and you know well obviously we're in the summer holidays now anyway but this was an idea that we've had for quite a while now. Absolutely. Um, I think it's just kind of a good idea as something that students could throw themselves into that was um, something that was departmental, especially after the podcast that were series that was created by the staff. It just oh, yeah. A way to kind of move on to something student 
student related absolutely i think actually the stuff so that was the caffeineon podcast which um those of you who are listening should be able to find on um our instagram and um uh, and also our canvas um hub which is our for those of you who are joining us that's our virtual learning environment um so you might not be able to access that yet do not panic you're not meant to be able to access it until you're officially here um but you can find it on instagram um and yeah they were really interesting podcasts actually i i edited some of those for them um and uh, it's it's some of our um academics dan reynolds Maeve McHugh, and hannah cornwell tend to sort of host them and then there's like a series of other academics coming in to talk about various different topics and that's all things classics and and ancient history and archaeology related but also you know i think there was one that was talking about is it better to be a um person who knows a lot about a little or a little about a lot mm. and that's i mean i suppose they ended up speaking about kaha specific stuff but at points that was just completely you know yeah. philosophical <laughs> And I thought it was really nice too, because it kind of um, showed you in the staff members in a new light, made, yes. made, made them more personable, because some of these staff members I've never spoken to, or or I've never even seen outside of an academic setting. Obviously, this is still academic, but it's also a bit more personal. It just was really yeah. nice. It's a bit more community-esque, isn't it? Like, suddenly, these people who seem to just be the incredibly clever beings that churn out research and teach you you know incredible things about the long distant past like are humans yeah what? like they have a favorite recipe and a favorite color <laughs> what <laughs> exactly yeah exactly. so it kind of grew out of that i remember you coming over to me and well coming over to me uh, virtually um <laughs> and saying like it would be good to do something that we can get uh, our teeth into like students can get our teeth into and, and I genuinely think that's happened I think a lot of people have really enjoyed it and yeah I have I mean you know of all people how bored I was <laughs> I was just beyond bored like I had nothing to do it's so hard as well isn't it because like for university students you had a lot of you had a lot to deal with like you had the whole not being on campus anymore and having to maybe move home or maybe stay in your accommodation for university. You had all of your teaching sort of taken from, so it was no longer going to be happening in person. So every all the academics had to quickly find a way to make sure it was available online. Mm. Um, and, then, and then you had sort of exams just shifted entirely um, or got rid of or, you know, whatever. And, and I think like, everything that you would normally engage with at this time of year was no no longer there um yeah. but i think kaha did quite well with its sense of community on its like virtual platforms to begin with you i mean you and um john who is um another student who's going into third year ran quizzes and everything for the students yeah kaha quiz and then there was instagram takeovers um Oh, the Kaha Kalpona. Yeah, oh, yeah. Hannah Cornwell's Kalpona. I don't know. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Do you know what? I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but I've been pronouncing it Kalpona and I feel like I need to carry on pronouncing it like that so it looks right. consistent. <laughs> yeah, this, that, that, for those of you who are listening um, and haven't seen it, again, you can find it on Instagram, but um, one of our brilliant academics, Hannah Cornwell, um, has a 
classical inspired or you know ancient world inspired um recipe book and every week she'd make something new from this recipe book and it was brilliant i it loved it i i lived for that and she she sort of did a, a live stream of it all didn't she um yeah that was I mean, really I have cool to say, some of those recipes are not something i would try no no some of them no? are gross I mean, literally, we did just have a conversation, like the one that I really want to try is garlic cheese. And before we started recording, Alex was like, I hate cheese. And I, I was like, well, I'm not sure we're going to be able to keep having conversations. Then. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like cheese. And well, we can't be friends then. Oh, no, I don't mean it. I don't mean it. Sorry. 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 Well, arguably, that makes it much more possible to be friends because it means that you won't eat their cheese. And exactly. if they love cheese so much, then it's fine. Exactly. I'm your best <laughs> I won't eat your cheese. <laughs> Couldn't be better. Couldn't be better. Yeah. And like, as you said, but before I interrupted you, there was a book club. Book club, film club. Uh, yeah. So I can't remember anything else, although then I'm sure there was. I have no idea. I can't remember myself. We had a lot of brilliant like um Instagram engagement, I think. Like a lot of students sent in like the things that were keeping them going and um mm. Yes, that was know. really lovely it was really just built a sense of community so um yeah it was really nice because you know i only joined in this role the student experience officer role in oh, february and then of course we've had sort of a month and then there was covid uh and uh it's been nice to see such a nice strong community across yeah. kaha so i have to say very at the deep end oh well I, you know i wasn't gonna say that but no no <laughs> well like a time like this i don't know if necessitates is the right word but it it sort of breeds a sense of community because it's the time when yeah. everyone needs it well i feel yeah. like that anyway. I, I mean i've been on different like um i've listened to different talks or i suppose a couple of conferences and meetings and like the one thing that keeps coming up is that actually times of crisis breed a sense of community but also creativity yeah. because you have to think outside the box yeah. to know what you're going to do next so so there we go Alex I've decided that this is you thinking outside the box and keeping well, our community and thing, going I mean I'm not tech savvy at all but we have had to think well less so me but people have had to think <laughs> of cre uh, creative ways to use technology to kind of create engagement and stuff and i think it will benefit our university experience in the long run because to be to be more for our course to be more um adaptable i suppose like for yeah. to have a stronger online presence like that's never going to be a bad thing no no i totally agree with you i genuinely think that a lot of the material because you know all of our, not only the community side of things and the way that we engage our, our students and those of you that are incoming, but also, you know, um, our academics are currently or have been working really, really hard on making sure that all of the modules that they run are completely resilient. Mm -hmm. So that, and Alex, you know that because you've been part of like the, the focus groups that some of our students have been involved in in talking about this. And, um, to do that, that it means that they have to really look at their modules and make it as as enjoyable and engaging online as it would have otherwise been in person because we don't know what's it what the situation will be next year we have to be prepared for teaching in person or online or both or whatever 
Mm. And um, I genuinely, I've seen some of these things and I'm genuinely like really excited. You know, I, I would love to be studying some of these, these modules. I mean, I know it's not what anyone expects from a university experience, but I think, um, I think there's definitely going to be some, some positives that come out of it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I'm glad you think so too. <laughs> so Alex, you're going into your third and final year. Yeah. Can you believe that? I don't want to. Oh, well, no. you know, I can believe it. It does go fast though. Really? I suppose also then you've had this year slightly, well, it feels like it's been cut short somewhat as well. Yeah. I think, I mean, teaching wise, I didn't really miss much because of the pandemic. I think I missed one week or something of teaching. Mm -hmm. But in terms of like the social side, um, both within the department and wider, on a wider scale, just within the uni, it was cut short. And I think that's meant that I feel as though, I feel a hint of regret that I didn't throw myself into things more in first year and in the part of second year that I did have. And I think that that will make me more likely to throw myself into everything next year so yeah i i do not want i do not want to like think about the fact that this is my final year i think you said something key there though alex like throw yourself into everything and take those opportunities and i think like you don't only you, you not only can do that with the extra um and paracurricular kind of para i love that paracurricular <laughs> anyway um activities that are going on but what is lovely about doing the degree that you do there is a certain amount of freedom that mm. comes with what you research what you study what you decide to write about um, and in the final year especially you have a huge opportunity to do that with your dissertation yeah absolutely are you excited about your dissertation i am actually quite excited yes although you know when you just come in a bit of a lull like i did a lot of dissertation work and i haven't done it for a while so mm. in a bit of a like lull but yeah i am excited about it i need to get to the library because i need to like look at some of these library books that aren't available online oh no well mm. i i suppose we'll see how things go with the reopening of University of Birmingham's campus because mm -hmm. things will become more available hopefully and you'll be able to see things but um yeah I think I think the dissertation can be a daunting process for people but actually it's a really exciting prospect as well yeah. so, so what's what's your dissertation on tell me about it so I'm doing a well my idea at the moment is a study into character called Aspatia. I say character because there's not very much of, of her life that you can say is true. Okay. True fact. So from what I've researched so far, there's very polarized ways in which she is talked about in literature. She's kind of um, treated like a very inferior in some texts, um, shamed for her. She was like a courtesan I suppose is one word to describe of Pericles the Athenian statesman so in some texts she's shamed for being sexually imp improper and okay. um, and then in some texts she's praised for being super wise and intelligent because um, she was a sort of 
a council for Pericles and things. And it's like very polarized. And um, I'm, I'm looking, I'm going to look at the way in which she is used in texts and what it shows about kind of um, the motives of the biographer. Does that make Ooh, sense? Yeah, no, that sounds like a really fascinating topic. So, so was she, when you say character, mm. that's because there's not necessarily set like factual evidence beyond the literature, but she was actually a real person. Yeah, she was a real yeah. person. I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna word it as a analysis into her character because I think it, what I find interesting is why she's presented in such a way, not whether that presentation mm -hmm. is true. Yes. So yes. for instance, in the text where she's represented as um, shameful and stuff, like that, you've still got time to like yeah. look at that and work that out don't worry <laughs> yeah. well because of the fact that she was shamed that has informed later kind of narratives of her I say narratives because mm. obviously we don't know if they're true I think it's just mm. really interesting because yeah I think I think also narrative is a really interesting word to use because that's something that kept coming up in the um, academics podcast you know it we study we i don't i don't study it but you <laughs> and and those in the uh in the department study ancient cultures ancient civilizations ancient peoples whether that's through literature whether that's through material culture whether that's through um text or documents that you know are are factual in inverted commas or whether that's through texts that are mythological or, or whatever and actually every time we revisit it we kind of create a new narrative by which to understand it so it's all about history is all about storytelling it's about reframing the story um, and I just think that's I think it's really fascinating to look at who is framing that story so so I'm assuming so far the people that have written about Aspasia are not female or none, not women. Of them. none of them no. are female so I mean when you're looking at modern books I think there's a couple of which are female but yeah it's exactly like you said the conclusion that I've kind of drawn so far based on my research is that she she as a character she has been over the the period of time what men have made her to be yeah so when she was a tool to insult Pericles for example by saying she's sexually improper and then she is that because that's what men have made her to be and when she's wise woman she because that fits with the, that male biographer's kind of um narrative of it narrative then she is yeah. that and now to us because she has because of our current kind of interest in rewriting the narratives of women and um sexual liberation and just freedom in general for women um in the last what one or two centuries um she is now a bit of an icon kind of um, okay buying the gendered oppression that she has faced so and that's what we have made her because yeah. it fits our narrative of yes. female liberation so she's always she has always morphed so that's kind yeah. of what I've... that's fascinating and actually like what you were saying there really struck me because it isn't just what those male biographers or you know writers people whatever were making of her 
for the sake of making of her. Actually, even their aim was for the either praise or destruction of a male counterpart. It was it was for Pericles. Oh, yeah. So like even yeah. even in their narrative of her, it wasn't for her. You know, yeah. it, it yeah. was oh that's so interesting. So, yeah, so how did you come oh sorry, say that again. No, there's so many layers. There's... Yeah. It sounds so interesting. So so how did you come to hear about her, know about her? Like what made you want to research her for your dissertation? It was actually, I did a module called Sparta, uh, not Sparta, I'm doing that next year. I did a module <laughs> Thinking Athenian this year, which ah. was run by Andrew Bayliss, which was really, really good module, really enjoyed it. And in one lecture, there was one mention of Aspasia. Um, and it just kind of like, interests me. I knew I wanted to do something for my dissertation, which was on depiction or portrayal of women in some way yeah um i wanted to be able to do something that was a bit of a feminist historiographer line yeah i didn't quite know how and also i knew i wanted to do something literary literature based yeah so i had a few ideas and then that's just one that i settled on because there's not really much about her um i don't feel like it's a super like super well-trodden ground so I thought that would be a really interesting one it wasn't easy it took me a long time to kind of think of that idea but yeah but you got there oh I can't wait to hear what comes out of that I wonder whether we'll do a podcast this time next year and you can actually say your findings and what all your dissertation ended up being on and things like that that would be really interesting actually yeah because the the title and like the direction it could change I, I'm not 100% sure yet because I feel like there's the more I research it the more I find well it gets bigger and bigger absolutely that's what research is you think you're finding more out on a on a like you're digging deeper down and down but actually it just accumulates knowledge more you know more wholesomely than you realize yeah I feel like but that's the key behind research generally but especially the dissertation like you start with an idea and then it will develop. So if your like title or the direction changes, like that's totally understandable, acceptable, and often like assumed that it will happen. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, good luck with that. That sounds so interesting. Yeah, well, and how interesting. Yeah, well. it will. I know it will. <laughs> um, what was I going to say next? I feel like I was going to lead on to something, but I just sort of stopped you talk- from talking about Aspasia. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> it's not your fault. Well, I think that would be very exciting. And I think like that is something that I would like to hear more about. What, what other modules are you doing next year? Oh, this is a test of my memory. Well, we're hoping to do Sparta, which mm-hmm. is another Andrew Bayless module. So I, I think that one will be really great. Um, Love in Greek Literature, mm-hmm. which is uh, Fiona, I believe, or it might be someone else as well. I can't remember. Uh, what else? So ooh. far, oh, 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 go for it. One which I is a seminar. I really hope I get it. It's um, Ancient Greece and Modern Culture. So there's such a bit of me. I love classical reception. Really? I love looking at how classics, um, how we kind of what's the way to word it, how we 
understand classics from our I mean it's kind of like a space show I'm, I'm, I'm mm. doing about classical research like how we interpret what classics is and how that links to or is often a sign of our own beliefs and societal values yeah. or whatever I just love that so. oh that all sounds really interesting that uh, so to me it sounds like you've got a bit of a of a grease leaning uh, a little bit quite a big <laughs> quite a big bit <laughs> I think it's because when you learning about Rome it's quite often a lot of modules about Rome will be about Roman politics mm. because that obviously that's a major thing very interesting um not something I particularly find interesting <laughs> I just find it a bit um dark Roman yeah. politics and just a bit not not really me I love learning about um, social history mm. and I've just found that there has been modules in ancient Greece um, not in ancient Greece you know what I mean I that do. Have been, <laughs> where which have been social history modules which I've just they just resonated more with what I'm interested in mm. so that's really cool that you can make that those choices and you can lean in those directions depending on your interests it is really cool yeah it's oh. definitely a benefit yeah well I think and I think that's that comes from the breadth of of research and interest and, and academic kind of um, backgrounds that we have within within Kaha that allows you to study so many different things and actually hopefully through this podcast um, we will be able to sort of touch on other people's interests I know that we're going to have things from um, our two societies so we've got um Bacchus society which uh we actually despite the fact this is the first co podcast we actually recorded um the Bacchus podcast uh earlier today um and we couldn't we couldn't get the name right <laughs> so yeah. it's called, it was Birmingham oh Birmingham oh no archaeology no archaeology classics no Ancient History, Classics and Archaeology Society. Ah, uh, that's probably it, yeah. Maybe. Oh, well, you'll listen to the next episode, whatever it is. Maybe two episodes, I don't know. Um, and uh, you'll hear Dan, the president of Bacchus uh, Society, which is a student society that all of you should get involved in. Um, uh, tell us all about it and some of the things that they're thinking about for next year, uh, next academic year, that is. So when you come back or join us in September. And then uh, we'll also be talking to John, who is president of the Archaeology Society. And John is uh, the person that you did the quizzes with, ran the quizzes with for our department. Um, and uh, then we've got experiences from local students, from students uh, who have had uh, extra brilliant experiences. So for instance, we've got um, Adwa, who had uh, uh, done some research on um, Benin and the Benin Bronzes for a Barber slash Kaha lightning talk, um, which is linked up with our brilliant Barber Institute of Fine Arts at the university. Uh, and then we've got experiences about going on to do an MA, um, mm. uh, all sorts really, haven't yeah. we? Oh, experiences of being an international student. Um, got, oh yeah, oh, ex an international exchange student. We've yeah. got... Um, Accessibility in classics, that one. Oh, yes. Just, we haven't recorded that yet, but that yes. 
It's it going to be really be interesting. interesting. Yeah. So um, definitely tune in each week. Um, tune in as if we're doing it live. Tune in. <laughs> tune in. Um, but yeah, but I think one of the most interesting things for me, Alex, is because when I was a student, I well, when, when, before I came to university, when I was doing A-levels, I didn't get the opportunity to study classics. Mm. And um, the more I've found out and the more I've learned about it, actually, you know, if I wanted to come and study something within Kaha at the University of Birmingham, I don't think I would have had to have had an A-level um, for yeah. all of it. Um, yeah. But um, I ended up doing drama in English and I loved that, absolutely loved it. But the more I've engaged with Kaha, the more I've found that so much of what I studied is, is based in a lot of the things that you are studying. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm just really intrigued as, as a sort of final question before we wrap up and say what things will happen uh, in future episodes. Um, like, how did you get involved in classics? How, why, why did you choose to study it? Well, for me, um, it's kind of something that I was interested, I've always been interested in ancient history. My granddad actually worked as a conservator in the British Museum. So oh, wow. Yeah, like when I was uh, very young, he took me on, he made me a little quiz and he took me to the British Museum and I had to do, I had to answer my questions and like, he's given me lots of like cool kind of British Museum rejects, I suppose, is what. Wow. What you would call them? Well, they're rejects. So oh, okay. Yeah, you know, very cool though. And I think because of that, that was nurtured in me to have an interest in history. And then when at my sixth form they did offer classical civilization, it was just a no-brainer. I was like, yeah, I want to learn that because you don't often get to. And yeah. it was something that I find really intriguing. Bit, I find it quite a bit of an escapism kind of enjoyment from it and yeah that's how I got into it so yeah that's wonderful so actually you're doing it because you love it absolutely and sometimes so I used to work in a supermarket and customers would say to me oh, what are you studying and I'd say classical literature and they'd say oh but what what are you gonna what job are you gonna get from that I'm just oh. like it does a university degree is always going to open doors for you because some jobs you need a degree I mean mm -hmm. loads you don't but why would you spend all that money on something you don't enjoy absolutely I think you've got to be doing something that you enjoy and something that you are uh, interesting and otherwise <laughs> otherwise what are you going to get from it exactly and so often you're the things you enjoy are the things that you'll do well in because you'll be willing to put in the work so yeah I've just found it I just found that this is my thing. It's your place yeah and do you think that um there's a bit of a negative kind of perception of not necessarily kaha or classics or or you studying it but the fact that you know it is considered something that only certain people can access. And yeah. I feel like the more I've worked within the department, the more it's become apparent to me that one, that's not the case as in, well, that shouldn't be the case. Mm -hmm. We should make it more accessible. Mm -hmm. And two, it should be something that interests everyone and anyone. It's not reserved for those who, you know, maybe went to a, 
private or a grammar school or, or you know have had extra tuition or come from very well-off backgrounds which is kind of the the um assumption that permeates yeah, um, yeah i think that is an assumption that um that a lot of people have like when you say you study classics i mean people will be like oh oh that's like very for lack of a better word bougie i don't know another word for bougie <laughs> i know what you mean though um i do classical literature you don't have to study a language for that i didn't have access to study a language so i couldn't have studied classics straight classics okay. at uni um but i could study classical literature so you'll often find classical literature or classical civilization courses are more accessible mm. um and you don't have to have done it at a level but i do think there's an assumption that because you're never introduced to it lots of people if you don't study at a state school you just never it's never something that crosses your mind or something you might be interested in because no. you're never introduced to it at all. So no. sometimes in some way, I think for classical literature, my course, it's not, it's not even um, so much of a accessibility issue in terms of the fact that people like, if, if it's not like an elitism thing mm. in the sense of um, in the same way that maybe music or drama might be, because often you need quite a bit of money to be good at stuff like that because of less. Okay stuff um but i think because people are not introduced to it as much in state schools as in private schools then yeah it is a bit of a that is an assumption and i think you know it's something that like it, it underpins so much of who we are today and it underpins so much of our literature um like it when I say it, I mean ancient history because it is our history and these classical civilizations, like it sheds light not just on that culture and that community, it sheds light on us. Yeah, um, I think there's sometimes, I mean, sometimes I feel like what I study is, I don't want to say this in, in a bad way, but sometimes I feel like what I study is a bit outdated in the sense of, Classics has, I mean, we talk, we, we, we will talk about this in the podcast with Adjua, but a lot of it has quite a lot of not very nice history in yeah. the way that we have acquired our knowledge and the whole um, study of classics. But then really, when you actually think about it, like there's so many things about classics that you can study, which are relevant, so relevant mm. and, and current, even though mm. it's a study of ancient history yes especially, even if it sorry go on yeah especially if it's something to do with the reception mm. and looking at how things relate to us as people today i think yeah, yeah. even exactly i was just about to say even if it's about problematizing what exactly. we study yeah. which is just as important in, and if not more important in many ways um and yeah you will hear a lot about that those who who are listening in the podcast that we've done with Ajwa, um, which you know you should be excited to listen to it's one of our longer ones i must say but uh we're hoping to maybe split it into two different podcasts um which you can listen to back to back and and if not it and it's just one it is fascinating and you'll find it very interesting so i suppose um in wrapping things up i should I, that leads me on quite nicely to saying um that the following podcasts that come hopefully week by week um will 
be between 20 to 30 minutes long, apart from the extra long one that we've got with Ajwa because of the topic that we were discussing. Um, and each uh, episode begins with introducing you to a new person and a series of quick fire questions, which uh, Alex, I know I said that we wouldn't do it for you, but I am actually really intrigued to know your answers. Okay. So um, I know they're your questions to ask, so you might have to remind me what comes next. But the first question is uh, always, um, where do you prefer to study? The library or the Mason Lounge? Now, these are two places on our campus uh, where a lot of our um, Kaha students choose to work when they're either writing essays or doing their readings or whatever. Um, and um, I think we've had a variety of responses in the past. So I'm really intrigued to know what yours is. I think I would say Mason Lounge. Ooh. Relaxed. Yeah, I think I've always been a bit intimidated by the library, I have to be really? honest. What yeah. about the slight noise? Do you find that difficult to read? Um, I actually feel like when you get in the zone, you're in the zone. You're in the zone, yeah. I'm with you. That makes sense. Um, and then mm, seminar or lecture? I would say seminar. Yeah, I like that personal, the more personal setting, I think. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and you get a bit more chance to sort of explore subjects that you're really interested in. Yeah. 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 Um, okay, what's next? Um, coursework or exam. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, well, you've asked your own question. Coursework or exam? I would say coursework 100%. I'm really? much, much better at it, yeah. Mm. I think I'm the same actually, although what I am, at least in an exam, I, there's a cut off time, like there's a point where I have to stop, whereas with coursework, like you could just keep working. So yeah. I think you have to be quite disciplined, don't you? Yeah, that's um, true. Actually, I just realised I need to maybe explain to some of our incoming students, you might know already, but just in case you don't, lecture is um, a session where you will have an academic kind of uh introducing a topic to you giving you a lot of information um and it will uh it's not as interactive usually whereas a seminar is a chance to discuss the materials and the topics that were in that lecture um and and you can have much more of a um interactive experience talking with your classmates and with your um uh, seminar tutor um about all the things spoken about so i, I think i think I quite like seminar as well, but that's because I like the sound of my own voice. Um, <laughs> as Dan also said in his podcast, uh, which you will hear later. Um, okay, and the last one, which we've already answered, I bet I can answer this one for you. Greece or Rome? Greece. Yeah, imagine if you said Rome then, I'd have to just cut out that whole bit of the podcast, but <laughs> it would make no sense. No, um, I um, <laughs> no. well, um, so that is the... Uh, set of questions that we'll be asking each um, guest on our, uh, on our episodes. And then uh, we will also finish each episode with a question which Alex poses to our guests. Um, and since Alex is the interesting one here, I am going to pose the question for Alex. Um, Alex, if you were a fresher again, a first year student, um, what advice would you give to yourself? Or indeed, what advice would you give to our incoming students? Um, 
I think my piece of advice would be to really, I was a bit of a workaholic in first year. Mm. And honestly, I was a bit of like a recluse. Like I didn't really do much. I think I was a bit, I don't know, just, I didn't throw myself into things. So my advice to myself would be uh, to really find a good work-life balance. And because it's so important to enjoy uni as well as get a good, get a good um, degree. It's so enjoy uni. So that would be my advice to myself. Yeah. That's a really good piece of advice because university, like broadly is an experience, isn't it? It's not just about the degree, although that is a very important part of it, but it is one thing that I wish I said to myself, but also I want to say to all of the incoming students is it's so what you make of it. There's only so much that, you know, we can do in providing you with what's this phrase I think Adj says it in her um, podcast you can lead a horse to water but you can't make it drink or something so we can provide all these opportunities but um, and we can signpost you to them um, whether that's you know stuff that might be of interest in a seminar or whether that's our brilliant careers network um, that you know often has opportunities for work experience or or jobs Um, but if if that's not something you act on then you might not get that opportunity equally if you need a year to just chill and not try and do too much like that is fine but yeah especially this um yeah the work-life balance is just so important so don't work yourself into the ground make sure you give yourself time to have a break Um, and I don't mean that in the sense of like neglect obviously don't neglect your studies like they are important (laughs) sometimes it's not about doing a lot it's about doing the right things like you don't need to spend hours reading you necessarily you just need to like it's about working smart not necessarily working hard is that and actually if yeah i think that's spot on like i could i can tell you're about to ask is that does that make sense is that (laughs) right and i think you're spot on and i think the one thing as well is like if you've read something and you don't understand it so you feel like you need to just keep reading keep reading until you understand it actually it's fine to go to that seminar and go yes, this was fine, but I actually had no idea what this person was talking about in this section. And you'll probably find that everybody else in the seminar thought the same thing. And even if they didn't, the academic will be incredibly glad that someone said it. Absolutely. I mean, so often the things that I've been embarrassed about, like saying that I didn't understand are things that other people don't understand either. Yeah. Yeah. So, So yeah, there's no pressure and no worries. Yeah. Well, this was a delightful first episode. Yeah, well, it was hopefully a good introduction to what is yet to come. Absolutely. Well, I hope all of you listening have enjoyed it and I will be sure and Alex will be sure to post them and make sure you know where these podcasts are available to listen to. Um, And I really hope you enjoy them. Um, And I really hope those of you who are coming back to university uh, to continue your studies are looking forward to it and you know, have, despite the year that we're coming back into, can find things to be excited about. Um, And those incoming students, I am really, really excited to virtually meet you or perhaps, (laughs) you know, actually meet you in person at some point. Um, And I hope this gives you a sense of the brilliant community we have in Kaha and the interest that we do have in, in 
what you do and what you want to do. Um, so um, if any of you've got any questions, suggestions, ideas or whatever, feel free to get in touch with me. I'll put my my um, email in the uh, in the bio um, and I might be able to make something happen or answer your questions or at least direct you to someone who can. Um, and Alex, as uh, our sort of uh, student experience ambassador, can also help out with things. Uh, and uh, you know, you never know, she might have another incredible brainchild that's, you know, a, I don't know, interpretive dance workshop. I'm joking, don't worry guys, I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> the podcast was her, her thing, so. Um, brilliant. I guess I should say goodbye and stop babbling on. Thank you for this delightful talk yeah. yeah that 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 i mean if you you guys wouldn't have been able to see that but alex sort of danced around trying to find the word and it was quite enjoyable so i couldn't find it <laughs> on that note we'll speak to you all slash see you all slash hope you're listening in next week <laughs> bye, bye.